I would say a synonym for personality is comfort zone. Like literally it's, I, I would, I think you could use the words interchangeably. Like your personality is your comfort zone. Uh, in order to actually become someone new, you have to always step outside of that. Like whether that's to discuss the past, you know, whether that's open, you know, I love the quote, all progress starts by telling the truth, you know, like yeah. um, that comes from Dan Sullivan, but courage is always the doorway. So like if it's addressing the past and reframing it, or if it's being really open and honest about who your future self is, we all have a future self. We all have someone we want to be. Like they yeah. say that the number one deathbed regret is that people didn't have the courage to be who they wanted to be. Instead, they lived up to the expectations that they thought those around them. had. And so it's always courage. It's always stepping outside of your current frame. And that's where growth happens. That's where newness happens. That's where I would say that's where your real self is. Welcome to Black Belt Beauty Radio, a podcast fueled by a passion to support your journey in developing your most beautiful and optimal performance in life. Each episode is driven with the intention to elevate your mind. When we elevate our mind, we elevate our life. So get ready. It's time to rise. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Black Belt Beauty Radio. Today's guest is Ben Hardy. Ben is an organizational psychologist and bestselling author of Willpower Doesn't Work. His blogs have been read by over 100 million people and are featured on Forbes, Fortune, CNBC, and many others. He's a regular contributor to Inc. and Psychology Today. From 2015 to 2018, he grew his email list to over 350,000 people as the number one writer in the world on medium.com. And on that note, you guys, he is one of my absolute favorite writers of our time. Straight up, I have a rule of not opening emails prior to meditation and journaling, also known as my morning alchemy me time. But his emails are the exception to that rule. And that's because every single one of them adds real value to my morning mindset. His new book, Personality Isn't Permanent, just came out last week, and it is absolutely epic. In this episode, we discuss his ideas around personality tests, labels we use to identify ourselves, and one of my most favorite ideas in self-development, creating your future self. This is really powerful content that I am so excited to share with all of you because I know it will be incredibly supportive in helping you to expand towards your life ideals, no matter where you currently are in your life. Many of you have heard me speak on my relationship with my future self in prior episodes or on social media. So when I discovered Ben's work on this subject, it literally felt like home to me. In addition to getting his new book, I highly recommend signing up for Ben's emails. He is a master at crafting words that elevate your mindset and your habits. The last thing I want to express before I hit play is that this talk is really special to me because Ben's work has been inspiring me for years now. I had him on my podcast guest wish list from the very start of it, and here we are. So please screen grab this and share it on your Insta stories, tagging both Ben and I, our handles are in the show notes and let us know what you think. Love you guys. Enjoy. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Beauty Counter. You guys, as a beauty expert and makeup pro of over 20 years, 
I have legitimately sifted and sorted through endless amounts of beauty products from skincare to makeup, you name it, I've touched it. And, you know, high performance is always a priority to me. You know, when you're working on clients who are on the red carpet or accepting awards on live shows like the Oscars, things of that nature, there really is no room for error when it comes to performance. But as a total, you know, lover of health, you know, over the past decade, I became highly conscious about you know, the health aspect of products too, and really trying to steer away from skincare and makeup products that, you know, have chemicals and fragrances and ultimately health disruptors. So when I found Beauty Counter, you guys, I started playing with their skincare and their makeup products on me. I was so happy with the results. Not only, you know, did they totally deliver, but I legitimately felt better putting these products onto my skin. You know, what you put on your skin is totally affecting your health. And it's so important to really realize that. Not to mention the brand is really health conscious for the world, and I love that too, but that's just me. So check it out. You guys can now shop my personal favorites on blackbeltbeauty.com from Beauty Counter. You just got to go to the shop section, go to beauty, and you will find my favorites. And I'm continuously adding new products there as I discover more because the brand is just constantly you know, creating new amazing skincare products and makeup products. So as I learn about them, and as I try them and love them, I'm sharing them on the site. So check it out. Go to blackbeltbeauty.com, go to the shop beauty section and shop the beauty counter page from there. Let me know what you think. I'd love your feedback. And if you ever have questions about beauty, you know where to find me. DM me, Roxy Look or Black Belt Beauty. Lots of love, you guys. Thank you so much. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm, ha- I'm just happy to be with you. It's beautiful to start the day with you. I'm so excited to talk to you. Uh, your book is incredible, and I can't wait to tear it. So you got to, you got to, you got to look at the book. Oh yeah, it's so good. And uh, you know what's amazing about this is that um, it's so relevant. I think it's really, really important because that you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking when this all started, the the quarantine, I was like, man, you know, if you're about to go into a launch or something, that's got to be really interesting right now. You know, considering everything that's happening, and then thinking about having this podcast with you coming up and then thinking about your book and thinking about what people are, are going through right now. I was like, man, this book is so valuable. It's, I mean, it's pretty much timelessly valuable in my opinion, but I think right now considering how people could be so thrown off, there's a lot of trauma that can come from this scenario. Um, (laughs) <laughs> you know, so you start like shaping all these stories and it's just, I just really feel like your book is, is it's almost like uh, it could be very medicinal during this period. What an honor. And one thing that I have to say that, you know, will come out in our conversation um, that really, really, you know, your writing resonates with me so deeply. And I have to tell you that, you know, I have over 20 years of writing in my home. Um, I arrived to my future self on my own through my writing. And that is primarily because when I write, it's almost like there's just like a three people situation going on, you know, like, and so, you know, I, you know, a couple of years ago, I started really thinking about, okay, well, five years from now, a couple of years from now, 10 years from now, like, what is your life? You know, what does it look like? So you start reverse engineering, right? This is what I started to do. 
And, uh, you know, so I start thinking, well, she has this podcast studio. She's like the female Joe Rogan. How does she, you know, like I, it got so detailed and because I write and I, you know, I, every single morning I'm Journal. able, ex- oh, journaling, man. It's, it's, it's literally, I call it my favorite room. It's a date with myself. It's incredible. So I was able to really create this self, you know, this, this, and I have, a I have a name for her actually. <laughs> it's so cool. I love it. Uh, it's smart. It's so like, who, what's the name? So she's called the woman in the mirror. And because for some reason we always meet in this incredible bathroom. Uh, it's like the master bathroom uh, of this home. And it, so we, we speak through the mirror and she's incredible. She's, but the thing about her is that she's, she's not foreign to me. She's just the expanded version of, of who I am. She's, she's so strong. She's so resilient. She's so composed. And what she ends up being now for me is kind of, she's like my North star, you know, she guides me every single day. And for me, it's a really, really powerful experience because I can rely on her, you know, everything outside is a variable that can change. Right. And, but leaning into the security of myself the guidance of myself, I, it just, I cannot, and I, I sh- express this a lot through the podcast and through everything that I share socially, but I, I really do feel like that is the most empowering thing that you can offer yourself. While it is great to have, you know, external sources of strength and inspiration and guidance, I think that when it, we, when you can bring it out from yourself and, and let that be the number one everything else is a bonus. This is, you know, it's just the most powerful thing. And so to go, mm-hmm. to go back to, you know, your work and, and, and really like bringing to, to people's minds, this idea of creating your future self. Well, in that future self, I think is this North star. It is this, it is you know, the North star. It's a North Star. It's, a North Star. it's, a, it's, it's the only way to know who you actually are. You can't actually know who you are today without a future self. Like it's impossible. You know, if you don't have I a future agree. self, then who, who are you today? Who does it matter? Right. Right. So it's it like, is the ultimate. Yeah. I've, I've actually been thinking a lot about the concept of preparation and anticipation. Like if yeah. you're not actively preparing for something, yeah. um, you're not actually living. And if you're not anticipating something, you can't be hopeful or excited. Yeah. And so there's a lot of a lot of people say that the future doesn't exist, which is really bad advice. <laughs> like, yeah. The future is the thing that allows you to actually be present, as weird as that sounds. Um, and you can't actually be present and active and high quality right now without a future worth striving for. Like striving is how you be present. Um, and so like I love I what you're saying. Your future self is the North Star. It's, it's the thing that has all the answers. You know, It's the person who has all the answers. Truly this morning, you know, I have, uh, and I've had for a very long time, you know, I, I call it more of a ritual than a routine and maybe just cause I prefer the word ritual, but you know, I, I get up, I drink my little herbal drink and I, you know, sit down and I meditate, open a few books and then I journal. And, you know, I knew, and this, this podcast, all my podcast conversations are, are very important to me. Uh, this one is, is really important to me. And so, you know, I, I leave meditation and I leave my journaling and I think, okay, 
Like the, the, the woman in the mirror is about to have a conversation with someone who really resonates, like she resonates with, you know, what is she going to wear? How does she get ready? What is she paying attention to? How much time is she on her Instagram versus, you know, prepping for, and all of this stuff I, I feel is so important. It really guided me to be, to literally pick the shirt, to sit down and have everything prepared as she would do it. Right. It's, and, and here I am and I feel prepared. I feel, um, I feel grateful. I feel inspired and, you know, ready to just go into very cerebral adventure with you. <laughs> it's so cool. Oh, you know, what's amazing is I can totally feel it. So your preparation has brought crazy energy to me out here in Orlando. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm That's with you hundred so percent. I'm so excited. I love that. You know, so talking about the book a little bit. So, oh, there's so many pieces of it. Um, you know, it was really interesting for me, number one, to to learn about, some of your kind of adolescent, like where you were before you arrived to where you are now. And it was almost hard for me to imagine as someone who doesn't personally know you, but just knows you for many years through your writing and the work that you share. Um, it was really interesting for me to imagine how could that person be this person? But I think that is one of the most powerful examples um, of to, to validate, you know, the message that you share in this incredible book that personality isn't permanent and that it is always evolving and always, you know, changing really. Um, so I would love to just kind of, you know, can we get into some of the inspiration behind you writing this book a little bit? Of course. Absolutely. Um, I think that the main inspiration, the main, main inspiration was just how much I know that I've changed and how much I know other people can change regardless of the past. So one of the core concepts in psychology, which I mentioned in the book is, is that the past, this is how psychologists generally view people is, is that the past is the best predictor of the future. Um, and obviously if you're someone who wants to change, you don't want that to be true of yourself. You know, you don't want the past to be the thing predicting your future. You want the future to be predicting who you are. Um, right. And so my big question was, well, why is that true? You know, why is, why is the past the thing that predicts most people's life? Uh, and that's where I then, you know, went into, I read Bessel van der Kolk's book, The Body Keeps the Score. Not sure if you've read that one, but that's such I a, have not. you will love that book. Um, that's kind of the definitive book on trauma at the time. And so I read that book in 2018. And what I learned from that book was that basically trauma freezes people's personality. You know, it st stops you in the past you're basically caught in your initial reaction. You, you obviously form a narrative and a story and a fixed mindset. And then essentially your personality becomes a coping mechanism to just avoiding the trauma. Um, yeah. And I think that that's kind of where we become repetitive. And so I thought that that was really interesting. One of the other things that he mentioned in that book is that trauma shatters flexibility and imagination, which mm. obviously you're not going to learn if you don't have imagination and flexibility. And so trauma leads you to being rigid not only, not only in how you deal with emotions, but also in how you see yourself in the world. And so I was just like, I was really kind of starting to put some of these big pieces together as far as, because, I mean, because personality is such a popular subject. Um, yeah. And I was just like, personality is absolutely not what people think it is. And there's reasons why it is the way it is, why it gets stuck, why it gets stable. And uh, I just wanted to break it all down. <laughs> and I so- uh, that's kind of where I, that's kind of what led me down this crazy rabbit hole. And it was about the summer of 2018 that I started to say, okay, I'm going to take on this beast. 
Oh man, it's so beautiful and it's so powerful. And again, I think it's so timely. I mean, I think there's so many pieces in there that you just said, um, you know, when we think about like introvert versus extrovert as an example, right? Um, as I'm reading your book, I'm thinking to myself, said so many times on this podcast, like I'm an introvert, you know? And before that I was an ambivert, right? Because I couldn't totally commit to being an introvert because when I am with people, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm not shy, I'm warm, I'm inviting, but at the same time, I spend most of the time internally and I enjoy sure, that, sure. you know, but when you, in, in the book, you, you do such a great job of like demystifying and like debunking like Myers-Briggs and you talk about introvert and extrovert, extrovert. You know, a couple, not that long ago, I started to think to myself, when I keep saying I'm an introvert, a couple things that come up for me is like, there's a sense of pride in that, right? Um, yeah. Which feels good. But then a couple things that I realized and I wasn't okay with was, you know, this introvert business is holding you back from, from putting your out, yourself out there to be seen. Meaning like, if I need to come on and talk publicly, right? Um, it's not my comfort zone because I'm an introvert, right? Yes, yes, yes. It's like, you start, and then I was like, why are you telling yourself this story? Why, you know? And so I decided that's cool. Like I get the cool pieces that you identify with of being an introvert. You're an artist. You're very, you know, yes. thoughtful. But do you really want that other piece to be so present that it's holding you back, that it's literally making you uh, like nervous and, and stopping you from doing things that you know, the woman in the mirror, your future self, like she's yeah. doing. And so <laughs> it's, it's like, and so I literally, I literally stopped saying, you know, oh, I'm an introvert. Oh, I'm an introvert and identifying myself. And I, one of the greatest pieces to this incredible book is just this idea that like, man, don't fix yourself, you know, to this idea of who you are and these. Ooh, yes. <laughs> right. And maybe we can get into that. Like, I love how you, you know, the Myers-Briggs, I did that. And I'm like, oh, I'm an INFJ. And again, there's pride. Like, ooh, you're the rarest personality. Like, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So I start following this hashtag on Instagram, the INFJ. And then I'm like, wait, hold on. I'm not that. I'm not that. And then I'm like, what is this really? <laughs> You know, it's so amazing is when you talk to me about how you're an introvert, um, like I get like, I've, I have, I haven't had this much energy from a conversation for a while. And so for me, it's interesting that like, you know, I mean, what I love about it is, is that you have this huge, deep internal well, and you have this huge, deep inside, um, that you, that you heavily value. And so that would lead to maybe the identification with introversion, but it's so what I prefer is, is that the woman in the mirror is your identity, right? Like yeah. whoever that person is, however you describe yourself and however, like whoever that person is to the core, like not introvert, not extrovert, but like however you define the woman in the mirror, she's the one who you really are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, I think that, so I, I kind of, I'll go in a little bit into the research just to kind of explain this to your listeners. Cause it's really interesting. So a lot of this research comes from two people specifically, but there's a lot of people studying this nowadays. So uh, I'll give two names. One is Daniel Gilbert. He's at Harvard. He's been studying personality development over time for a long time. His TED Talk's only like seven minutes long. It's called The Psychology of Your Future Self. Really valuable. He really explains how personality changes over time. And then Hal Hirschfeld, he's at UCLA, actually. And he's been studying how 
having a future self concept influences your decisions here and now. So I'll just kind of explain a little bit on this and then, uh, then we can talk about it. Yeah. And obviously if we want to go down the Myers and Briggs rabbit hole, we can, but it's, yeah. it's really interesting. So anyways, um, if I were to ask any of your listeners, are you the exact same person you were 10 years ago? You know, my guess is that most of them would say no. You know, if I yeah. asked you, are you the exact same person you were 10 years ago? Absolutely not. No, not. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, what's interesting is if I were to have a conversation with you 10 years ago and like, let's just say I didn't know who you were, what you looked like. And I had a conversation with you today. It would be a very different conversation. My guess is right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, some things I think are always, you know, they're similar. Yeah. Rooted. There's some things that are there, yeah. the core and the roots. Right. But then there's a lot of things that no, they're, they have shifted um, for sure. You know. Yeah. One, one thing that you also said, which is really important for people to understand, because you were talking about comfort zone, is that another word, I would say a synonym for personality is comfort zone. Like literally, it's, I, I, would, I think you could use the words interchangeably. Like your personality is your comfort zone. Uh, in order to actually become someone new, you have to always step outside of that. Like whether that's to discuss the past, you know, whether that's open, you know, I love the quote, all progress starts by telling the truth, you know, like yeah. uh, that comes from Dan Sullivan. But courage is always the doorway. So like if it's addressing the past and reframing it, or if it's being really open and honest about who your future self is, we all have a future self. We all have someone we want to be. Like they say that the number one deathbed regret is that people didn't have the courage to be who they wanted to be. Instead, they lived up to the expectations that they thought those around them. had. And so it's always courage. It's always stepping outside of your current frame. And that's where growth happens. That's where newness happens. That's where I would say that's where your real self is. (laughs) I agree. Um, I agree. You know, and so anyways, just kind of going back to your former self, it's important to realize that you're not the same person you once were. Um, like your former self is a different person to many degrees. They've got different values, different perspectives, different goals, um, different context, um, maybe even a different narrative, hopefully a different narrative to some degree yeah. of how they describe themselves. But what the research shows, and I, I think that this is really important as well, is, is that your future self is a different person. Um, and it's really important for a few reasons, but if your future self is not the same person you are today, you know, that woman in the mirror, like their, their, their essence is you, but like they have a different situation, different views. They've got, they could give you different advice, you mm-hmm. know, they could, you know, and they, they are who you want to be. Um, yeah. If you see them as a different person, first off, then you, you don't have to overly attach to how you currently see yourself because your future self is different. Um, they're in a different place. They have a different perspective and you're going to be different. Um, and so what, what Hal Hirschfeld found, and I, th- I think it just makes so much sense if you really think about it. If you view your f- future self as a different person, and if you make decisions based on what they want, want, because my future self has different preferences than I have. Like they, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm someone, just as an example, if I'm someone who's not totally fit or in shape, but my future self is, they prefer things that I don't prefer right now, you know? Sure. Yeah. You absolutely. know, if my future self is like, I'll just say it like, you know, in a financial place or, or in a place like with my marriage, what's interesting is, is that in every yeah. role that you're in, you have mm-hmm. a persona. So like mm-hmm. you as a, you know, in, in the role as a podcaster, but also like maybe your role as a sister or like a friend, um, you know, whatever role you're in, you have a separate persona. And so you're, you, you actually have a different future self and all those personas. Like for me, just thinking about myself with my wife, like how I show up with my wife, maybe today, if I really am honest about how I want to be in that relationship, I would need to be different in that role, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. Just to say that, like I identify with, I'm, I'm an athlete, you know, I train yeah, 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 yeah. so martial artist, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, yeah. you know, you, so you're different, I, you're different in all these roles. Exactly. How am I as a friend, as a sibling? Yeah, exactly. I love that. 
Yeah. So what basically, yeah. So basically what, what the research says, but just think about it, it makes sense. Without having a clear future self in mind, you can't actually make high quality decisions here and now. It's better to make decisions based on what your future self would want based rather than what you, what you think you would want right now, because your future self, as we've talked about as the North star, like Mm -hmm. they have the better information, the better, you know, if you're, if you're operating based on what your future self would want, you can actually make intentional decisions today. Uh, If you don't know who your future self is, then you can't make decent decisions today. Like you don't know who you are. Um, So your future self actually clarifies your current identity, but also from like a, I'm sure you've heard of the concept by Malcolm Gladwell, the 10,000 hour rule. Yeah. 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 It's very popular. Um, so the research that actually spawned that idea, um, comes from his name's Anders Ericsson and Anders Ericsson. Basically he said, it's not a rule. Like you can, you can actually do something for 10,000 hours and get no better at it. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like you, totally. I mean, think about it. Think about no, it. If it's you're not true. living if you're living in non, non-intentionally, you can actually go through 10,000 days and not really evolve that much. Totally. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so it's not about doing the thing over and over. It's actually about being deliberate. So his concept is called deliberate practice. Um, and basically in order to engage in deliberate practice, which is basically how you become great at anything, you know, it could be a communicator. It could be an athlete. It could, you have to have a clear future self in mind that you're essentially working towards you're being towards. So like if you're in the gym, for example, exercising or working out, and you're deliberately doing it towards a vision, towards a goal, towards a self, mm-hmm. and you're like basically acting towards that self, you're acting from that self. Um, you're obviously going to not be there right now because you're not that person yet, yeah. but that's how you actually evolve and become someone is you have to have, a, in, order, in other words, you have to have a goal to have a process. But anyways, totally. kind of breaking all this down, one of the worst things you could do is think that your current self is the finished product, you know, like to think that who you are right now is who you're always going to be and then to create labels, which then you know, and we can go into labels, but yeah. labels, you know, you essentially overly of you overly value your current self, you undervalue your future and your former self. And, and then essentially your whole life becomes to confirm who you think you are today versus becoming who you genuinely want to be. So it's just a really, it's Wait, a lot better on. to realize. Yeah. That's so powerful. What you just said, you know, overvaluing who you are today and undervaluing who you are tomorrow and then just constantly trying to confirm this. That's, yeah, I'm sorry. I had to just kind of highlight that because for me that if I can frame that and put that on everyone's wall, <laughs> I would. Well, that's, that's, I think that's the real problem with labeling. So that's, this yeah. is why first off, I'll just, I'll just say it directly and boldly like please tests like Myers and Briggs and Enneagram and stuff like that. Yes. They're very interesting. Um, they are fundamentally non-scientific from a scientific perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll explain why briefly, but I'll also explain just from a labeling perspective, why they, why they kind of crush your identity. <laughs> um, please. They're non-scientific because in order for something to be scientific or valid, it has to be, it has to be valid, which means it's studying what it says it's studying. And then it has to be reliable, which means you get the, you get the same results consistently. Like if you stepped on a scale, like three times on a given day and like it got, it gave you totally different scores. Like it wouldn't be a good scale, you know? Right. right. And so like, that's really what these tests, these tests are not valid and they're not reliable. Like you can get different scores in different environments, different situations in different moods, um, you know, on different days. Basically, yeah. if you, you know, if you take, if you took the test 10 years ago, you probably would have actually not gotten an INFJ or whatever you got. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, you, I'm not sure what you would have gotten. Um, but um, the reason people really like them, and I think you hit the nail on the head earlier, is because if you haven't done 
the internal work of defining your narrative based on your past and your future. If you haven't actually clarified your own identity for yourself, which is a chosen identity, ultimately, what these tests give you is an identity. Um, like it's a fast food identity, but if you don't really know who you are or who you want to be, then getting an identity from one of these tests can feel good because it kind of, it removes a lot of uncertainty. Like it does all nice the work to- for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it removes the uncertainty. Like, you know, like if you can't explain yourself to you, if, if someone says, who are you? And you really can't explain yourself, that's kind of difficult. So it's a lot easier yeah. to say, well, I'm an INFJ. Like it really allows you to, you know, identity is based on story. So it, it makes it easy for you to explain yourself and be relevant to people. Um, the problem then becomes that you actually think it's who you are. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, so I'll go into Ellen Langer just a little bit, and then we can talk about really whatever whatever you find to be interesting. But Ellen Langer, yeah. you would love this woman. Um, I actually recommend her books, Mindfulness and Counterclockwise, for okay. all people. So she's been studying mindfulness for about 40 years, studying it way before it was popular. Um, and she spent an enormous amount of time studying the things that lead people to being mindless. Um, okay. Like what, what leads you, to, and mindfulness is really about noticing things. It's about being aware, but it's also being aware of variability, changes that are happening that maybe other people are not noticing. Um, And so obviously when you overly adopt a label, you're going to be incredibly mindless. You're not going to pay attention to anything outside of the label. Mm -hmm. And so what she's found is is that if you, you know, for example, if someone thinks that they're depressed, they're going to think that they're always depressed. Um, So labels create tunnel vision. Um, In psychology, we call it selective attention, but I'll give you an example. Like think about if you buy a car, like you start to see the car kind of all over the place. I don't know if you've had that experience. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, that people can say that's law of attraction, right? But is it more that you're just resi- you're just seeing it more because you're more aware of it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I recently got a Mini Cooper and so now I see Mini Coopers all over the place. Where were those yeah. Mini Coopers a year ago? You know, like I didn't <laughs> totally. see Mini Coopers a year ago, but I see them everywhere today. Yeah. But here's what's crazy about selective attention is that you don't see for myself, I don't see the other cars. I only see the Mini Coopers. There's, yeah. There's like hundreds of other cars on the road that I drive past every day. Right. I'm mindless to them, but I see every Mini Cooper that flipped, like next to me. Where are you know? And so that's really <laughs> what you know. That's what that's what labels do. Is is that you see the label everywhere? You don't see all the other times when the label wasn't true. And so, like for the depre- for the person who's depressed, there's actually many episodes throughout a given day that they're actually not feeling depressed, but they don't value those. They don't see them. It's like the other cars, um, and that's really what labeling does. Is it ignores context. And it focuses on content um, and it ignores the fact that in different situations, you're actually very different. Um, Like I'll give an example. Like recently I sent an email out and I used the word viral in the email. (laughs) I think I was talking about like an article or something, but um, you know, someone emailed me or actually a lot of people emailed me and said, please don't use that word right now because of COVID-19. And I was like, totally understandable, totally chill. You know, like I won't use that word. But if I had used that word like five or six weeks ago, no one would have cared. Right. Totally. So it's not content, it's context. Like right. the word viral is different in this situation. Right. And that's really how our behavior is. Um, so I, just one last thought is, is that the sad part about when someone really owns a label yeah. is that their whole focus then becomes to confirm the label. Like your, everything you do is to really overly confirm who you think you are versus trying to become your future self. You know what I love so much? I mean, this is really, it's so powerful what you just said. So Black Belt Beauty for me, me, a lot of people have fun with it. Like, oh, you're a makeup artist. Oh, you train jujitsu. So it's, it's like, that's not it though. For me, it's to live at this highest expression of yourself, in my opinion, is to live a beautiful life. So when you think black belt, you're thinking like highest standard, highest expression. 
black belt beauty. It's a beautiful life. And so I feel like going back to where you were with labeling, um, when we, on any level, introvert, INFJ, you put this gate up around you that stops you from growing into this fullest potential, into this highest expression of yourself. And it's, it's a bummer, man, because it's like, what do you, I just believe that if, if we're not growing, we're kind of dying slowly. That's just how I look at it personally. And so in order to, to continuously grow, you cannot shield yourself like this. You have to be, you have to, you have to challenge yourself. Like going back to me saying I'm an introvert, like, yeah, sure. There's a lot of things that make me an introvert, but there's a lot of things that are, I don't really relate. Even if I don't, it's not a matter of relating or not relating as much as it's a matter of, I don't want to accept this. I reject this. I reject this because my future self, the woman in the mirror she doesn't roll like that. She's not like, oh, because I'm an introvert, I can't go stand on stage or sit here and have this conversation in front of She's just, she's, she does what she has to do, you know? And so, yeah, I, I love that you really, you know, in your book and, and really just all, in all the work that you share, you speak to this so much of just like how important it is to not box yourself in like this because it's just stopping your, you know, best self from continuously coming out every single day. I always say this, um, it came out of meditation one day, but it was really beautiful. No, journaling is actually where it came from. Um, I believe that we are the path, right? It's like, what's the path? Well, the path, yeah. is, the path is you. It was really profound when I got to that place in my writing. I was like, whoa, um, took a picture of it. Like, how'd you get here? But it's, you know, it's like there's always this unfolding taking place within us, right? So we're always on this journey. And it's just a matter of, you know, are you willing to, to, to go on this journey with yourself? There's a lot of discomfort in there. There's a lot of uncertainty. All these things. Are you willing to, to, to go on the adventure? Or do you want to just stick to the same path, to the same and, – and, and really like – I don't know. It feels like a dead end to me is maybe the best way to put it, but it's a big rabbit hole. I love, I love what you're saying. <laughs> One of the things that you said that triggered for me is there's a quote that my friend recently told me if I had heard the quote before it would be in the book, but a painting is never finished. You know, there's, there's yes. a quote at the beginning of the book. Did you see that quote? I did. I did. And that's really how I view a lot of things. It's like a painting is never finished. It simply ends in interesting places. And you just kind of, I think that's how personality is too. But um, the quote that he told me was, and there's a lot of really cool ideas connected to this, but if nothing is, if nothing is certain, then everything is possible. Um, which is really big because think about this for a minute. The reason people stick in their comfort zone is because it's certain. Um, we really want things to be predictable. We want things to be safe and certain, but it's, you can't actually make choices without uncertainty. You can't have freedom without uncertainty. Like it's stepping out that then you have the freedom to, to learn and to expand and to grow and to, to create something new. And so I think people, that's why I think the comfort zone is really just a better way of explaining personality. But, you know, what I love about what you're saying is just total movement forward. It's, you know? oh my God, I, I, I'm like, can you see I'm triggered in the best way? <laughs> but it's, no, it's crazy because of the post that I put up on Instagram just today. It's this picture of this matchbox that I have and it says, what if? And I actually framed it. I said, this is unarguably uncertainty's favorite question. And it's a good one. It's provocative very interesting. And I, I express that, 
you know, you either uncertainty, you know how we, we hear the being nervous um, and being excited are the same things, right? It just gives you the same physiological feelings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like a reframing of the mind. And so it's, if you say you're excited, it, it, you know, can kind of tame the fear. Well, I came to this place not that long ago in my writing where I'm like, man, uncertainty and possibility are literally the same thing too. They're literally the same thing, but when you think uncertainty, it's it's daunting, it's fearful, it's uh right. When you think possibility, it's like opening, it's exciting. So, in my post today, I love the word possibilitarian, and I always say like I'm a possibilitarian, right? Um, and you know, I had this whole what if situation, and I was just reframing the what ifs around, especially around what's happening with COVID and fear, and you know, challenges. What if the challenge is not there to you know, submit you, but literally to level you up. What if, what if, um, and what, you know, looking at uncertainty from this perspective that you just said from that quote that I love is, is that it really is, you cannot have possibilities, which also opportunities live in that, right? Um, without uncertainty, it's a package deal, man. So you, you gotta be like willing to, you know, how I end it actually in the post is like, Roll the dice and bet on yourself from that possibility and uh, perspective. The reason why this is so important is it literally is the crux of um, what I would call emotional development. Like if you can't handle uncertainty, if you're if you're rigid emotionally, you won't you won't want to deal with uncertainty. Um, this is why flexibility and confidence are so crucial. Is because the more flexible you become, the more fine you become with uncertainty. Um, and so like, <laughs> yeah, everything you're saying is, I, I love it. You speak to that in the book too. You talk about, you know, um, being emotionally flexible. You also talk about like goals, where goals come from. I thought that was a really uh, cool one place. One quick sec, real quick. We'll go yeah. into goals. I just remembered what you were triggering. Because you, <laughs> you were talking all about possibility. Um, yeah. You would really love a lot of my professors because- what we talk about a lot in psychology is agency, which is ability to, basically the ability to make choices. Yeah. How all of my professors defined agency was possibility. Like literally that was the word that was constantly used. It's like, if there's possibility, there is choice. If there's no, you know, and so what, what, what a lot of my professors would say, and it goes back to your concept on reframing, is that the past has possibility. Like a lot of people, they, they're very certain of what the past is and was. You know, like, you know, yeah. if you have to view anything from a certain perspective, this is exactly right. I am absolutely an introvert. You've just removed possibility. And, and um, yeah, one of my favorite professors, his name is Brent Slife. Um, he wrote a book called um, Time and Psychological Explanation. Um, but what he basically talks a lot about is, is that the past has a lot of uh, possibility. Like you can view the past in a million different ways. You know, it's all those what ifs. Um, and you can change how you view it. And when you, when your past gets reframed, all of a sudden you realize that like your story can be different. Your future has a lot of possibility as well. But, uh, I just like the word possibility is incredibly important. <laughs> like it if is. there's possibility, there is choice. If there's possibility, there's chance for change. If there's no possibility, if there's no, if everything is certain, then nothing's possible. Yeah. No, I love that. It's, I mean, maybe I, that's why I love the word possibilitarian. It's, it's brilliant. So, I mean, there's so, so much good. depth into that word. If there's possibility, there's, there's a chance that things can be different. Yes. I love that. Um, and I just like setting the dial on in that direction because I think, you know, when you're standing at uncertainty, 
it's like, it could go either way. Right. So it's just a matter of like, which way are you looking? I mean, you don't know, we know that, that we don't know what comes next. Right. So what if we start, you know, viewing this, what if, and this uncertain state from this, you know, from maybe more of an empowering and positive, what could be possible perspective. I mean, I almost, I almost replace uncertainty with expectation, faith, and hope, you know, like, you know, you can't, so Gordon Livingston, he wrote a really good book called too soon, old, too late, smart. But one of the things he said is it's impossible. So basically he said, happiness is three things. Happiness is something to do, someone to love and something to look forward to. You can't actually be happy without something to look forward to. Um, something new, something different. You can't have hope as a concept. You can't have hope as a person without something to look forward to something, you know, the belief that things can be different or change. So like uncertainty is the fact that it's not guaranteed. It's not certain. You've got to move forward and you've got to kind of have faith, but you can't have hope, happiness. Um, you can't even have motivation. (laughs) Like motivation requires a future. Yeah. Um, You know, you can't. And so like all of these things require a little bit of uncertainty and a little bit of movement. Um, And that's actually what gets that's what makes them exciting. And that's what creates the anticipation. And so, you know, uncertainty is just it doesn't need to be framed as something negative. I mean, it could be framed as hope. It could be framed as faith. It could be framed as expectation or just happiness. I agree. Have you ever read The Art of Uncertainty? So every day for, I've had this book for at least eight years and it's just this ritual that when I leave meditation, um, I open to this book, like whatever random page, you know, I just, I just kind of look like wherever I open, I need that today. Right. It's beautiful, man. The way that he just so eloquently and so like simply creates this idea around uncertainty and, and really, you know, it not being a negative thing and it really just being this, you know, it's really existence and then how you are maneuvering through it. You know, I, it's just, yeah, I think I just got it. it. I just bought the book. (laughs) You're amazing. Um, One thing that I, one thing if for listeners listening, one thing that's really important in all of this is just think about it. If you're willing to embrace uncertainty and if you're willing to try something new towards a future self that you strive for, um, all of a sudden anything becomes possible to you. Um, you know, like, you know, and if anything is possible, then nothing is, nothing is set in stone. You know, mm-hmm. like you could, you know, you're not, you don't have to be an introvert or you don't have to be that alcoholic, whatever it is, you know, you know, you know whatever your past was, it doesn't have to be who your future self is. Like there is possibility. And so if you're willing to do something that's different than who you've been, you know, this is why I think having a future self is so important not only because it allows you to live here and now from a conscious and intentional perspective, but if you're actually open to and striving towards who you want to be, yes, there's some uncertainty there because you don't actually know exactly how everyone's going to respond and you don't know where that path is taking you. Although I love your idea that you are that beautiful path. (laughs) I think that's amazing. Um, But your past doesn't have to be this thing that dictates you. Um, You know, when your future is the thing that's driving you, not your past, and it's what's driving your day and what's driving your conversations and driving your path, there's a lot of uncertainty, but that's, that's where a lot of the life is. That's where growth is. And that's where, that's where you evolve and change and you keep learning. Um, You know, when you're young, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of unexpected. There's a lot of first times and there's a lot of being surprised, you know, right? Uh, if you stop being surprised and if you stop having moments where it goes different than you thought, if your life becomes incredibly predictable and certain, 
then yeah, you're going to be kind of stuck. Your past is going to keep predicting your future and you're going to, you're not going to keep evolving. And, and so, you know, just to anyone listening, like, I mean, everything you're saying is literally the crux of growth and development. If you're not willing to try something that, you know, if you're not willing to deal with this stuff, Mm -hmm. um, like that's literally where all of the growth and that's where true living is, you know, and that's where you become more flexible, more confident, more capable and every time you, you get better at dealing with uncertainty or better with dealing with a new situation, um, you're, all of a sudden, you have new confidence and flexibility to learn and do bigger and different things in the future. Every time you become more flexible and confident, your future self actually grows. You know, like it, it becomes bigger because all of a sudden you have more possibility than you had before. I, t- I love that. I so agree with that. Yeah, you have to, you, you need to be willing to stretch yourself to go there, even if you don't really know where it'll take you, but just to be in that stretch state. You know, I, um, yesterday I was in the situation where I was emailing back and forth, uh, something related to business and finances. I'll be vague a little bit. (laughs) And the, the, the person, the individual responded, he was, he was being weird about his responses. And then I kept digging, um, politely, but also very, I'm um, very like, you know, straight to the point. And then he sends his final email to me that literally was in all caps and very insulting actually. And I will tell you right now, I am a fighter, like straight up. My people know, you know, I am up there. I am identifying, but it's true, you know, and I probably wrote three emails back a race, right? Do it again, do it again. And by the third one, you know, one of the greatest things about meditation and journaling is that I have been able to separate myself from my thoughts and be less reactive, be less reactive and observe myself. Right. And so by the third email that I, you know, wrote to him, I thought, okay, wait, hold on here. While it may feel really good to just fire this off really quick. Cause that fighter in you is like, uh, uh-uh. yep, yep, yep. my future self, the woman in the mirror listen, she's a bad motherfucker, but she's not (laughs) bad because she's quick to respond. And she's no, she has a steadiness in her that when you look at her, what she has a smile on her face, but the smile also behind it says, don't fuck with me, but she doesn't need to flex. You know, it's this composure, this confidence. So then I thought to myself, how would she respond right now? And what, right. And what I love about this is that you know, you can have this future self, right? And every day, I think it's important to realize that we are given these, if we're paying attention, these opportunities to live into this future self. So it's like, how do you become this self? Well, that's what we call deliberate practice. It's just turning life into practice. I love that. I right? love it so much. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes. So that I, was practice yesterday and you were, and you acted as your future self, Right. I did. I did. I still need to do something. So you were actually that person yesterday, right? That's who you were yesterday. You were the woman in the mirror yesterday and you can be that woman more and more, right? Exactly. What's amazing though is that as you keep doing that more and more, the woman in the mirror keeps evolving, right? She keeps becoming more and more, right? Because you keep becoming more and more. I love that piece. I feel like that's like a gift you just gave to me uh, because I agree with it. It's true. And I actually haven't thought of that, but I think that's also where... This is also just uh, just in this moment, I'm thinking 
that's why it's also so easy to trust her. You know, I really do believe that self-trust is the most powerful thing that we can generate uh, from self, in self, uh, for our life, right? Because it, you know, a great example right now is that we have all this challenge around us and all this uncertainty and everything has just been flipped for so many people and because of COVID-19. But when you can lean into self-trust and really lean into it with full confidence, it doesn't matter if it's a pandemic, if it's a your business crash, right? It's like, it's just, you're going to be, you just know that you're going to be able to figure it out and get through it. But to go back That's to confidence, you've just described confidence. Yeah. Self-trust <laughs> knowing, no, no, it's perfect. If you know that you, if you trust yourself that you can figure it out, then you're going to try stuff that you might not know where it's going to go. Right. You're going to, you're going to get on that stage and you're going to try something, you know, you're going to go ask that person on a date. You're going to go like throw yourself into a hard situation because you trust that it's going to be okay one way or another. Right. If you don't trust yourself, you're not going to try anything. A hundred percent. And you know what I love also about just thinking about your book and, and really just how much you're putting this future self um, message out there is, you know, I, I speak to this a lot that, you know, being in a very deep loving relationship with yourself is so important, right? So I used to say at your, or I used to resonate with the idea of, I don't compete with anybody um, I just compete with myself, like you versus you. I'm sure you've heard that, right? Until, you know, a couple of years ago, I was like, hold on, that's not true. You're not competing with yourself. When I'm training as an example, I'm not sitting there competing with myself. I'm like encouraging myself. I'm pushing myself with love. And I, so I- You're pushing I, yourself forward. You're supporting the heck out of yourself. So I flipped it. And now, and ever since that moment, it's not you versus you. It's you got you. And so when you think about this future self and, and really creating this connection, what are you doing? You're creating this incredible, deep connection with yourself. You're you know? collaborating with your future self, literally. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like it's, a, it's a creative collaboration, right? To get yourself through that workout, to get yourself onto that stage or through that next project, right? Yes, exactly. And, 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 and in that, you can think like, you're never lonely. I mean, you know, for people who don't have, you know, partners or kids, like I don't, you know, I'm not a mom or any, but I'll tell you, like, I don't feel lonely because I'm always hanging out with this ride or die home girl that is just built within me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I just know that she has my back and, you know, yeah, it's, it's a deep, kind of rabbit hole for me, but just to go back to it, go, everything is just going back to your incredible work in this book that I love so much. And I'm so excited for the world to be able to, you know, take it in. <laughs> well, I love it. I'm so appreciative of you. I would love to go on a, on a Sandy beach run with you sometime and just push yeah. each other to the limit. <laughs> um, I will, I will just say from like a very uh, strategic perspective, just to kind of give this to people. Please. Um, so identity is based on story. Um, and many people's story is descriptions of who they formerly were uh, or, the, or, or who they overly define themselves as today. But when you invent this you know, future self or really just when you clarify and define it, and really, again, it's who you ultimately truly want to be, if you have the courage to admit it, um, then you need to start admitting it. Um, you need to start telling, obviously, in your journal, you can refine it on a daily basis. But my challenge for everyone listening to this, and it's really the crucial way for your future to drive your behavior versus your past, is... That you need to start telling 
everyone about who your who your future self is, like who you want to be. Like once you start doing that, a lot of things happen. First off, it really clarifies your identity because now you're actually describing the person you ultimately want to become. You're telling people about who you're who you're trying to be, but you also acknowledge that you're not there yet, which is totally fine because your future self is always in a different place and you're always striving to be that person. But also when you start telling people about your goals, a few things happen. Um, first off, you get all sorts of crazy encouragement from people. And then maybe it separates, you know, you know, obviously it clarifies your environment as well. Because some of the people may be naysayers or they may really want you to just be the person that they think you are today or the person that they have all this nostalgia with from the past. Um, but if you're really honest about where you want to go, obviously there's, there's an uncertainty there. There's implications, there's consequences. There's always consequence with choice. Um, and there's, and so like, it really then allows you to then seek consistency with your story, which is the story that you would tell if you were courageous enough to tell it. And it, it then allows you to create relationships that are actually far more authentic because now you're not posing or posturing as someone that's trying to be safe in a situation, but you're being honest about who you want to be. And then you're seeking encouragement from the right types of people who will move you in that direction and who you can help move. Um, and so I would just invite people not only to take the time in the journaling and stuff to clarify your future self and to be honest about that, um, but then the next honest, courageous step is to begin telling people about it, like telling people who you want to be and what you're striving for. I remember when I was, it was back in 2015 when I first, like, I had actually wanted to be a writer for probably four or five years before I started. Um, and I was too afraid that if I started, you know, we all have all sorts of things in our stories in our heads as to why, why not now, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's never going to be the right time. But one of the things I was afraid of was that I would write things that would ultimately be wrong. You know, I was like, you know, what if I lead people astray or something like that? Um, but like I, myself now, Benjamin Hardy, that's talking to you on, on this video. Like mm -hmm. when I read some of my old blog posts, I'm like, gosh, I wouldn't say that now, but that's fine. You know why? Because I'm a different person than I was when I wrote those. And that's totally great. Um, right. it doesn't discount from any of that work. I'm just not the same person. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's okay. It's actually really awesome from a creative standpoint when you see the distance between your former self and your current self. Um, so, but, but when I was in my first year of that program, like it was in 2015 in my first year of my PhD program, I was like, okay, I started investing. Actually, that's one of the keys, actually. Once you start telling yourself who you want to be, you start investing money into your future identity. Invest at the mm -hmm. level of your future self and you'll start to really get there. But um, I was like, okay, I now have these foster kids, actually, that was part of what triggered it. But I was like, I really want to be a professional author. Mm -hmm. You know, I just started describing this. I want to support my family. I want to be able to do, I want to have conversations like this with people like you. <laughs> oh. uh, and I really started to clarify and define this self. And then I started telling people about it. Like I, I set a goal and I started telling people, look, I want to become an author. I want to become a writer. Uh, and people like, oh, I didn't know that about you, Ben. You know, <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, I really want to do that. Yeah. And then they started seeing crappy blog posts start coming onto my p Facebook page. And they're like, wow, you're actually doing it. You know, and like they were supportive as heck, you know, and like yeah. um, people will support you when they know you're striving for something. Um, some people, some people will be weird, but you honestly, like you get to the point where you just surround yourself with the people who, who encourage who you're striving to be, but it, it, it allows people to watch in real time, your transformation. If people don't know where you're going, they're going to assume you're the same person you were before. And they're going to have that tunnel vision towards you. They're going to think you're the same person you were last year or five years ago. But if you're telling people about your future self and where you're going, not only can they encourage that, and not only then can you be in a more authentic relationship with them, but they can watch your transformation happen where it's like, 
oh, wow, man, you were telling us like three years ago, you want to be a writer. And now you just came out with willpower doesn't work. Holy cow. Like we just watched you do that. Like, and it's so like, it just shocks people when they watch that because a lot of people are not doing that. A lot of people are not living intentionally. You know, they're not actually working and striving towards big goals that require faith and courage and confidence. And so when people watch you do it, then they're like, wow, you know, because those three years went by fast for them. You know, they, they went by fast for them, but obviously, but for you, it's been a journey, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I love that. Well, and it's inspiring to people who witness, you know, I mean, it's very inspiring. Yeah. In my own life. It encourages them. Exactly. It's like, oh, wow. You know, I really love being this person who, you know, walks the the talk. You know, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Um, unless I completely lose, you know, some kind of passion or whatever for it. I'm also, totally, totally. I'm agile. But, um, you know, I think also one of the cool things about really expressing this future self and the things that you want to do and, and essentially become, I think, you know, there are certain kind of standards. Um, within that, right? So like when I think about the woman in the mirror, like what are her standards? And those standards really, really- They're high. Those standards are are high. (laughs) That's right. They are. And even in my current state, like the athlete that I am, (laughs) she is like, she's got some high standards. She doesn't waver. Like she's not, her training is non-negotiable. Oh, you're, you're, you're busy. You're tired. So what, you know, um, as an entrepreneur, it's like there's standards to all of these identities to, you know, and then you kind of morph it all into this future self. It's like one being that kind of has all this stuff and like, what are, what is his standards or her standards? And I think that, you know, actually, you know, it really does do a lot of the work. I mean, you still got to do the work, but it, it, what I mean by that is that, you know what you need to do. Then comes the, okay, I got to do it, right? Uh, Which could be very hard for people. But I think what could be harder is not knowing what you need to do. But when you create this future self and you're sharing it, you know, what I wouldn't do is be someone, you know, going back to before I launched this podcast, Black Book Beauty Radio, um, it took me, I sat on the idea for a solid year and a half, right? To really think about what this is, how I wanted to go about it, who am I in this, who am I talking to, all that. And and then I finally, and being super real, always, the last six months was the six months of, now you're stalling, you know? Like you put it out there, you said it, and now you're kind of stalling because you're a little afraid. You know, it's it's a stretch. It's different. You're going from your every identity of celebrity makeup artist, and this is all, and now you're like, I'm a thought leader, and I'm putting it. Yep, yep. Right. But here's the thing. I called it out, man. I told people, good, good, most, especially myself. Um, but when you do this, where you're putting it out there, like, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. It holds you accountable. You have these standards and then you just got to do the work to, to live to them. But I also love how you said that people do, you know, for the most part, you will find that people will become, um, supportive to you, you know, but you got to do the work, right? Like for people to really, I think, stand behind you. If you just claim or say you're going to do this, but you're not doing the work, well then, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, you know, what's, what's really cool about this. Um, if you're actually striving for a future self and if you're actually being open and honest about your journey, then you're okay being wrong, right? Like you're okay if you messed up. Like you're okay if you've got to take a turn. Like I think that that's part of the ego of knowing who you are fully in yourself is that you 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 don't have to be wrong, you know. Um, yeah. 
And I think that there's a lot of humility in what you're describing, like that you're saying like, look, I've stalled, like I've, I'm wanting to go to this place and I'm wanting to keep going. And I, and, and so it's, and that's literally the opposite of, so, so the fixed mindset, you know, mm-hmm. like Carol Dweck talks yeah. about this a lot and, and, it, and her work is really crucial. Yeah. But the fi- people, when you have a fixed mindset, you have an, an extreme fear of failure. You have an extreme fear of looking wrong. What, what they actually call it is a fragile identity. You have a fragile identity. It's like, you know, you don't want any little thing can shatter you. And so you, you, you really have to hold to your, to how you present yourself. But yeah. when you're really moving forward towards a future self, you've, you're more flexible, you're more agile. Like you, you can be wrong and you can admit you're wrong and, and you might not have all the answers now. That's why I think the uncertainty and the courage is part of it. But you get to the point where it's just okay being honest and being like, yeah, I don't know what the freak I'm talking about right now, but I'm, <laughs> I'm going to figure it out. Uh, another thought I had on the totally. standards piece, which I think is so important is that kind of how I view personality and there's a lot of different ways of looking at it, but part of its preferences, part of its standards or, or, or what you'll so your former self, mm-hmm. you know, tolerated or was willing to deal with things that your current self simply doesn't. Right. Like you exactly. just, you, your current self is just not going to deal with certain things that you used to say yes to all the time. And your future mm-hmm. self, you know, says, you know, yes to even a lot less. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they're a lot clearer on their standards and what's really exciting when you begin trying this and playing with it, like right now in your relationships, like you have a personality and how you show up and what you deal with and what you don't deal with. And, and maybe you don't deal with certain things that you used to just be okay with. But recently I, I was, I had an experience where there was a person who, you know, I went, I got interviewed for like a summit that she did and she's really brilliant. You know, she's a very successful business coach. I'm talking high level, you know, yeah. and just killing it in her business. And um, one of the things that she did, so like I was deep into writing a book, um, and this was just like a couple of weeks ago and, um, I just wasn't focused on stuff. I did the interview and I was, I thought that that was a service enough, but all of a sudden her team started bombarding us and saying like, when are you going to sit, when are you going to present this? When are you going to share this with your email list and stuff like this? And like, here's affiliate links. And I just said, I said, you know, and then she texted me actually. I was just like, I told my team just ignore it. You know, I'm just yeah. like, honestly, I'm like, I, we've never had that conversation. Um, I did an interview. I didn't say I would do any of this stuff. They're just slamming us. Well, anyways, this woman yeah. actually texted me and she said, you know, Ben, when are you going to share this with your list? And I just told her, I said, you've never even asked me if I would. <laughs> right. I'm like, I mean, I'm just like, yeah. I'm like, and I said, I don't think I'm going to, I don't just do stuff because I feel compelled to, or because someone's pushing me to do something. I'm like, I do something because I want to. And because I, I choose to. Um, and I just, just because I have a lot of respect for you or because we've done something together, doesn't mean I ever want to feel like I'm being compelled or forced to do something. So I said, I, I'm probably not going to share it. And, um, what was interesting was like, obviously this is a woman who's not used to getting rejected, right? Yeah, speaking of, I can speaking of when you, when you get to a certain place, you get used to everyone just saying yes to you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when someone says no to you, it's one of the best things that can happen to you, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Um, but I, I could have easily just crumbled and I almost did to the pressure, but I didn't want to be, I wanted to be more true to my future self. And I wanted to have higher standards in my relationships because I want to, because I'm wanting to create a higher standard for myself. And in my former self, even a year, maybe less ago would have just caved and would have just said, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send it right away. But I just was like, no. Um, I'm not, I want more respect in my relationships and also respect for myself. And so anyways, what immediately happened, and I was going right to bed when this text happened, 
I put my phone in airplane mode, went to sleep, woke up and I just started writing my book. Like I wasn't paying attention to anything. Mm-hmm. I woke up or when I turned my phone back off airplane mode, I got like, I noticed that there was like literally like 10 texts from this woman. And then there was an audio text and I just didn't read any of it. Cause I'm just like, I want to just focus and flow. Well, she ended up texting me the next afternoon and she said, Ben, I just want to ask you, like, did you, did you hear my voice text? And are we okay? Like, are we clear? You know? And I was just like, we're always clear. We're awesome. I just wanted to let you know, like where I'm coming from and just that this is how I'm trying to hold myself in my relationships. And, um, she's like, well, to be honest with you, I have a huge amount of respect for you. And so like, you know what I mean? Like it, 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 it made her respect me more, but I didn't need to listen to her text, but I know that she probably initially, cause she sent like 10 texts was like, initially she was very upset. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it probably took her a little bit to process it. And then she sent a text like acknowledging that Look, yeah. whatever you end up doing, I support you either way. Like I'll support your book or I'll support whatever you're doing. And it's okay if you don't do this. And that was kind of the conclusion she came to. And, and once I was then given that level of respect, I said, well, if I'm given that level of respect, I probably will share your thing, but it has to be because I want to, not because you're, you're pushing me around because you're so used to doing that, even if it's unconscious at this point. And, and so I did end up sharing what she wanted me to share but it was, uh, it was in a form that I felt respected and a standard that I felt like I should be held to, you know? I love and I just think this. that it's, and I just think if we held ourselves to higher standards in our relationships and even in our daily life and how we eat and how we train, you know, and, and we allowed our future self to be that standard. And then we lived more in alignment with that future self on a daily basis. Radical things would change all around us because we would stop tolerating the things we deal, you know, we're tolerating. We'd stop preferring the things we currently prefer. And we'd let, you know, and so your, your life can change so fundamentally when you start living consciously and being willing to have, I mean, it took courage. I even told her when I first sent the text, I said, this is requiring courage on my part. Cause I usually would not say no to someone like you. I, I really respect you, but this is, this is scary for me, but I'm not, but I just need to tell you how I feel. I love that so much. That's a really powerful message and experience that, and, and good for you. I'm like, yeah, giving you knuckles. Like. <laughs> Good work. But that's how you move forward. That's how you no, shift your subconscious. That's how you shift your patterns and that's how you shift your standards so that you have higher and higher level norms where it's like, no, I'm not that person anymore. I don't deal with that anymore. Yeah, no, that's so important to for people to absorb. And it's almost like in hearing that story, I think it gives people permission too of like not being fixed and and really being okay to set higher standards and to keep evolving because I think that there is this thing where some people don't feel like, um, like they're allowed to do that, if you will. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah. it's an, it's that's, that's living up to the expectations you think others have for you rather than having the right. courage to be who you want to be. Right. Yes. Okay. And it creates more. What's interesting is, is it created an enormous amount of respect in that relationship where she was like, wow, Ben, someone to respect, like, and it's not like I, I, I'm like this whole high and mighty guy where it's like, you must respect me. It's more just like, oh, wow. Like he has standards and like, you know, I, it made her respect me more. She honestly said. And, no, and, I get and it. Deep in the relationship where she was just like, wow, Ben's a real, real person. Like he's not, he's, he's got values and he's got, a, he's, he doesn't just do what other people tell him to do. I think that's so important. Yeah. To be very rooted in yourself, to show up and be confident. And this is who I am. This is what I believe this is how I, it takes courage. Absolutely. But there are so many great examples too, of people, you know, I don't know if you're into um, MMA at all or the UFC, but I'm I'm sure by now you've probably heard of who Conor McGregor is, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're past. Right. And one of the things that's so brilliant about Conor is that he's just believed his shit. Like 
to the point where everyone's just like, I believe it too. <laughs> like I'm on it with you. Like, you know, and there's something to be said about, you know, it's kind of different, but the same, but it's just standing in who you are and what you value. And, you know, to go back to the future self, you know, this version of you, this next level version of you, let those, let your standards constantly evolve to this being and then operate from that being and, and be okay with the discomfort that comes with that. In fact, be a warrior in the face of that discomfort, right? Because there's so, so that's where the transformation is, is that the discomfort yeah. is, is where you go from who you are to becoming that future self. Yes. That's I literally that. where you go into that. That's how you become it is I, that discomfort, right? It's so That's where true. you become that person. It, you know, you, um, you were on my wish list to podcast with for, I don't, a long time, right? Like there was a good period of time. I have this list and I'm like, hey. and then I remember reading this post, um, you, you miss every shot you don't take, right? And again, like this kind of will bring us full circle. I want to respect your time. Um, but, you know, I read this and it, you, you literally, your emails, I look forward to. And that's a big statement in today because, you know, you know how emails are always coming at us and it's annoying, but like I literally read yours fresh in my mind in the morning and I can't wait for them. So I read this email and I'm like, you missed every shot. I'm like, this is it. Like, what would she do right now? She's going to keep waiting right now? No. What are you waiting for? Email him, ask him, just let him know, you know, and you were so kind um, and, and responded to me and which brought us here today. And I'm so grateful for it. But yeah, it was, it, I literally, was that comfortable for me? Not necessarily, because I think anytime you're stretching yourself, you know, um, there's a level of discomfort, right? Which is a beautiful thing. But I, you know, having my, having the woman in the mirror and then letting her like checking in with her, like, well, what, what would she do right now? How would she operate? Um, you know, she, she guided me to write that email to you and hit send. I love it. I love it too. I'm glad you did. I'm so glad. Thank you. I've been stoked. This has been one of my favorite conversations. Thank you. (laughs) You are a a powerhouse mom, like powerhouse warrior. Oh my God. Thank you We can always do a round two if you want. Oh my God, please. Well, okay. First of all, I just want to thank you so much for taking time, not just to be here with all of us right now, but really Ben for being a real, how I view you as you're a real contributor, you know, the work that you're putting out and you know, how you are evolving yourself and then letting that self continuously put out all this incredible work to me is a real service to the world. So I just want to acknowledge you and and thank you so much for, for everything that you're doing. Truly. I want to acknowledge you. I, I want to have another conversation with you. Yeah. So anyways, I'll just say the book is Personality Isn't Permanent. You can get the book anywhere. And uh, I would also just say, Roxanne, you're, you're a rock star and I love you. No, <laughs> you're amazing. I love you too. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, and for people to stay in tune with you, I know, can you guide them on? Um, BenjaminHurry.com. You know, if okay. you go to BenjaminHurry.com, you can find out more. You can get my emails. You can get free resources. So yeah, that's All of that cool. will be in the, the show notes too. Okay. You're the man. Thank you so much. Much love to you and your family. And email we'll, me and let's have more conversations. I will for sure. Thank you so much for that. That means so much to me. You don't even know. Yeah, no, you're amazing. Well, I got to go, but I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode, you guys. If you loved it, please share it on your social. Throw it up on your Instagram stories and tag me. I'm at Black Belt Beauty. I am also at Roxy Look. R-O-X-Y-L-O-O-K. 
I love connecting with you guys. This is a conversation that I want to just continue growing with you guys. So if you feel inspired to hit me up, do so in that space. I always enjoy hearing from you. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by rating it and reviewing it via iTunes. It's such supportive help, you guys. It really helps the visibility of this podcast. So I appreciate and thank you in advance for doing that. And last but not least, if you are interested in starting your own podcast, or perhaps you already have one and you need help with you know editing your audio and the production of it, I cannot recommend my producers enough. Resonate Recordings, you guys, they are the bomb. I rely on them. They are an absolute supportive tool to me and my podcast. So check them out and let them know that Black Belt Beauty sent you. And on that note, you guys, I'm signing off with all my love and always looking forward to catching you on the next.